0: noon hour is here and you're locked on to utah's highest rated most listened to sports radio station it's my
1: station
0: it's my station this is is. is hans olson and scotty chick on 97.5 the ksl sports zone
2: Friday, 97.5 Sports Zone. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all having a tremendous day. It is a Thursday. Let's go, folks.
3: What does that mean?
2: It's Jazz Preview. We'll kick it off today at 1 o'clock.
3: You're going to hear from Craig Jack. You're going to get a little Tim LaCombe. You're going to get more insight into which way the Utah Jazz are headed. Ben Anderson will join us. 1.30 for a little Jazz Insight. So, it is a full complement of Utah Jazz talk from one to three and we'll spice it up a little NBA talk too yeah. because there's a lot going on in the NBA.
2: By the way, we'll we'll talk a little college football coming up here in just a second with the college football playoff, but uh, I always think it's interesting. I don't I don't really get crazy with the combine numbers and the measurables and stuff yeah. like that, uh, because some players, you know, you know, the old adage look like uh, Tarzan play like Jane mm-hmm. kind of thing. But uh how about this? Dallas Turner, who uh, is, a I believe a linebacker out of Alabama. Uh he's six foot two. He has a eighty three inch wingspan. Jeez. Which is the same as Larry Markinon, who's six eleven. That's incredible. Uh the same as DeMontis Sabonis, who's six ten. The same as Luka Doncic, who's six six, and Jason Tatum, who's
3: six seven. He plays what position?
2: Uh linebacker.
3: That is a long wingspan. You can do a lot with that. It's just nice to be able to extend from contact. That's why I think arm length is so important in football, Just be able to stab first and not get wrapped up. Defensively, it's it's huge. It's really good for offensive tackles, and it's really good for any defensive rush position. Just be able to avoid contact, be able to make first contact and and extend out, especially if those arms are strong and the hands are big. It, It does make a difference.
2: Yeah, I would. Uh, I would say this guy is going to be making some good money. <laughs> uh, Alabama listed him as six foot four. However, he got inside it's six four two fifty one. However, he got inside the combine, and they're like, eh, "No, you're
3: you're six two. Wow, they were giving him an extra couple inches. Yeah, trying to boost his numbers. But that's still impressive. That that arm length is really impressive.
1: You know our guy, Max Crosby, Hans? He's uh, he's got an 81-inch wingspan, so he's right there.
3: And he's done okay for himself. He's done okay.
1: One of the top three
3: rushers in in the uh, NFL currently.
2: Hans was rocking his jersey the other day on remote.
3: That's darn right because I live and die for the silver and black.
2: Yep, and when you're a fan, you go to games and you wear jerseys. am the We need to get you tatted up a little bit.
3: Get you <laughs> get some
2: tats. You and you and Bruce rocking the tats.
3: Yes, I've, I've been thinking about getting one of those wedding ring tattoos. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that hard enough for you?
2: I think I think that's pretty hard. Yeah, that's that that's what's it's no teardrop. Yeah, drops that's coming sure. strong for
3: sure. Just gonna get uh, a loop of aos all the way around. Ao yeah. ao
2: ao. I have heard you reference her as AJ a lot. Maybe you just go back to the AJ.
3: I could. I could. That was her high school nickname. Her family calls her AJ, so I call her AJ. Yeah. I could do AJ. Might be a little awkward. Somebody's like, oh, it's AJ. Oh, that's Amanda Jameson. Oh, did you take her last name? No. Just tattooed it on my finger. But it's
2: just, it's just a nickname. <laughs> it's just a nickname. No, that's uh, when you get a tattoo, you're claiming a little ownership there. Mm-hmm. I know that's a very misogynistic way of looking at things, but... You're like, you know, you're mine. You're an Olsen now.
3: Lloyd, do you regret your tattoos or you feel good about them? I feel I great think, about not getting a single tattoo. I, I feel great about I it.
2: Think, I think Lloyd regrets not the tattoo itself. It's the location, if you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, I know exactly what yeah. you mean. It is a place where he can act like he doesn't have a
2: tattoo. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you can go into any meeting and... You know, Steph Avis or Tanya or anybody like, hey, I heard and Scotty reference your tattoo. You're like, oh, I don't have a tattoo because where it's at, he ain't yeah. showing anybody.
3: But I did see it uh, in the old rack room. He was <laughs> removing a cart room. He was bent over removing a cart. <laughs>
0: yes. Right around yeah.
3: the crack. Yes.
0: <laughs> Just a little north.
1: <laughs> it's a weird got tattoo. The, the old stamp. <laughs> Good uh, for you,
2: Lloyd we got a uh, busy day let's get to it we're live here at rgs exteriors uh remember these guys do such a great job uh you're thinking okay we're out of the woods it's spring and even if we don't get that deep uh you know another storm with another freeze uh, and you're thinking all right well you know i got through it i'm okay my rain gutters uh you know i had a little bit of an ice dam issue i'm gonna deal with it sometime in the spring and summer well how about you just get on the books right now and get it taken care of Right now, 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. These guys are the best in the business. They've done a ton of work for hands. They've done some work for me as well. I will, I will get up on any wall and scream out their praises because they do just great work at great
3: prices. Yeah, And I know you're sick of your stucco. You're sick of your house looking the way it looks. I know you are. You've been in it for 10, 15 years. It was built sometime in the 70s. And look, if you're out there in that American Fork Highland area and you still have lava rock for your siding, <laughs> it's time. It's time. Let's get that lava rock off and let's, uh, let's upgrade a little bit. Have you seen the lava rock I've seen siding? some people
2: still rocking oh, the lava rock.
3: I, there's a part of me that likes it, but then there's a part of me that's like, there's no way they like that. No way.
2: You always wonder, you know, because my house is a little dated and I, you know, my wife and I, once we get through a couple of commitments, we're going to do a pretty extensive gut job on our place. And, uh, and yet I'm thinking, you know what? It's a little dated, but maybe, you know, sometimes those
3: things come back around.
2: It ain't coming back around.
3: That one's not coming back. Yeah, You're, you're going to be able to pop that lava rock off the house and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, Lava Rock's not coming back. But get it taken care of. We do love these guys. They take great care of us, and they've taken great care of our listeners. We've gotten a lot of great feedback from our listeners that have had RGS come out. Give them an estimate. Come out, do some work.
2: All right, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, the winds of change brewing once again in the world of college football. Let's get to it.
0: This is Hanson Scotty G. <laughs>
2: set, And it's time to kick
0: off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Song. Well,
2: Hans, we got the 12-team playoff coming. And now, college football playoff executives are looking at a potential in 2026 when it lines up with the new television contract, a 14-team playoff. So, if your teams like you know Utah State or Boise State or some of these other G five schools, you're thinking, "All right, more access, let's go." Well, guess what? Not only is there not a lot of access for you, if you're Utah and if you're BYU in the Big Twelve, you're seeing your access not uh, being limited, at least in comparison to the SEC and the Big Ten. It's a new model called and again this is just a proposal a lot of people have said hey look this is just one of several different things we're looking at the three three two two one format which would go into effect in 2026 if it passed it would give count them up not one not two but three automatic bids to both the sec and the big ten it would then give two automatic bids to the Big 12 and the ACC, mm-hmm. and then one automatic bid to the best G5 school. It would then allow for three at-large bids after that. So there you go. Three, three, two, two, one. That adds up to 11, and then with three wild-card bids, essentially.
3: They've got to get uh, approval.
2: Yep. And, By the way... Uh, I believe the first to report this, just to give credit, I think it was Dennis Dodd who was the first to report this.
3: And Dennis, great friend of the show, does a fantastic job. They've got to get approval. And there's a few angles that you have to look at with this new proposal. Number one, first and foremost, we know who is currently ruling the college football landscape. It's SEC and the Big Ten. They are now in cahoots together. They're working together. They've formed an alliance. And they are currently restructuring and rebuilding what the college football championship landscape is going to look like. It's those two. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to occupy 40% of the spots that will be available in this 2026 proposal. They're going to occupy six of the 14 total spots. Here's the problem. If you decide that you're going to dig your feet in, that you're going to get ornery, and you're going to fuss about only getting two, then I think they're going to take names. And I think eventually you're going to get that email that's, hey, who was that that was over there barking about this? Who's that that was talking about not jumping on board with this? Oh, well, it was so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so. Okay, well, yeah, just, yeah, that's bad blood, man. You saw why we were doing this. You know, this is big money for us. There, there's a reason that we were doing this and for you to not vote or or you to try to get in the way or slow it down. Because my first instinct, Scotty, as now a guy that will be covering very closely the Big 12. Yes. Uh, both of us will be knee-deep in Big 12 conversations. My first instinct is to jump in and say, no. Heck no. There's no approvals. Now you're not going to give the Big 10 and the in the SEC everything they want? Heck no. Tell them they can shove it where the sh- the sun don't shine. There's there's no way they just come in, and stomp around. Well, we want 40% of. No. But then you start thinking and you're like, "Okay, uh just make sure that Big 12 participants are included when you guys decide that you're going to break away and create your own thing." Ah, uh, yeah. Because that's what's next. I think we're going to a 14-game model, and then I think that we're going to get into that Kyle Whittingham vision of college football, which is a breakaway in self-management.
2: And, uh, yeah, self-management essentially, and I've heard this getting thrown out there, and it's getting a lot of steam. And, look, Kyle's been telling people uh, privately and publicly this for a long time. He thinks we're going to a 64-team Super League uh, and it'll have an NFL model where essentially your schedules are, you know, built out years in advance where you got divisions. Like if you look at the NFL, as soon as the season's over, you know who you're playing the next year and you know where you're playing. You just don't know the schedule of those games. It would not shock me one bit if three, four years from now we're looking at something very similar to that where you've got 64 teams all grouped into divisions. One division plays another division. Uh, they try to work on local rivalries as much as possible. And and you have round-robin schedules, and things are figured out based on where you finished the previous year and who you play the next year. Like This can be simplified really easily, and I think we're on a collision course to that path. And then everybody on the outside looking in, they form their own group, and you can probably work out some – some ways in which they can you know, maybe face off each other in the playoff or that league gets playoff spots. But at the end of the day, that group of 64 is going to rule everything college football. And it's not a matter of if-hands, it's a matter of when. And we've been told that forever. And you're right, back to your previous point, is if you're the Big 12, you just want your teams to be able to showcase – themselves as much as possible so that when that day comes you're available to have a seat at the party
3: well and that's why you got to play nice yes because you you don't
2: have leverage and you got to say please and thank you yeah greg sankey outside of roger goodell and adam silver i think he's more powerful than the commissioner of major league baseball i think he's certainly more powerful than the commissioner of the NHL or Major League Soccer. I think Greg Sankey is the third most powerful man or individual in, in American sports right now, the commissioner of the SEC. And frankly, the commissioner of the Big Ten is probably more powerful than the commissioners of Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer and the NHL. Honestly, but Greg Sankey is throwing around his weight like crazy and whatever he wants right now probably going to get
3: so you can stomp your feet and you can be upset and say well why would the big 10 and the sec get more invites like i mentioned 40 percent. but you've got to play nice you've got to stay in good terms you've got to hope that when the model shifts that you're a part of it You've you've got to just play your cards the right way because we're we're not going to go to 14, and it's just going to evolve to that, and we're going to be there for 10 years. We just wrapped up the 10th year of the 14 college football playoffs. In those 10 years, there were 12 SEC representatives in those 10 years. That means multiple years when four colleges were selected, there were more than one SEC teams that played in that college football playoff. We already know. The SEC plays good football. It's fine. I understand it, but that doesn't mean that Utah can't compete, that BYU can't compete, that Utah State can't compete on a given night against some of those teams in a given year. So I know it's a bummer, but I know where we're headed, and this is just the next step, and what you got to do is play it smart and be ready, be looking forward to the following step. Yeah. And know what that step is going to be. Yep. Talking to Sankey and saying, all right, I see this I see this 14, now what? And make sure that you are positioned to take advantage of the next round.
2: Yeah. I mean, the president of Washington State, Schultz, I forget his first name, uh, was on the college football playoff committee, and, uh, you know, a few months ago when they were – when the Pac-12 essentially dissolved – And it was going from the six plus six model, assuming that there were six, you know, power five conferences to now just four or or five power five to four because the Pac-12 was dissolving. He's like, no, we're still power, blah, 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 blah. And he was puffing up his chest. And then all of a sudden he said, no, I'm going to vote for this, you know, essentially five plus seven deal. And everybody's like, well, what about all this bluster that you were bringing? And he's like. Well, he didn't say this, but deep down, you know, like, hey, look, I'm Washington State. I got no leverage. I'm trying to keep this thing afloat right now. And I'm trying to earn as much money as I can so that I can have a job and I can lead this organization. So if Greg Sankey tells me to do something and says, hey, you know, wink, wink, we'll take care of you guys. But I need you to vote for this. I'm going to do it. Yeah, because I got nothing. I got no I got no arrows in my quiver. Like I got I got nothing. Yep. It's like, yes, sir. May I have another?
3: So my fear is uh, outside of what we're seeing now kind of evolve in college football, which, which is there's a lot of aspects that I like. You know, look, still, it's two automatic bids. Top two teams in the Big 12 are going to get an automatic bid into this 14-team playoff. And, that, and that's great. It gives you some opportunity. And, and you could still be one of the three wild cards that's selected outside of the 3 3 2, two one model. There's three wild cards, correct? Correct, yep. You could still potentially be that, maybe. Probably not, but maybe. So it's fine, and, and I'm all on board and excited to see it in 2026 if they adopt it. I think there's probably a branch of our listeners that are wondering, okay, now what happens to the others? Well, I think once we evolve into this Kyle Whittingham vision of what college football might be, I do think that the remaining teams are going to adopt an FCS tournament-type goal, and it'll be regulated probably by the NCAA, probably named by the NCAA, and they'll build out a tournament that is much like the FCS. Yeah. And it won't have the vision of the college football players. What it will is it'll be the FCS tournament now and what we have in in college football now. It'll be that that equivalent. It'll still be – talked about, exciting, interesting to see. Uh, it'll, I think it'll be more visible because I think ESPN is going to gobble up this big, big dollar thing that they're putting out there. And I think that it leaves product for Fox Sports 1 and, and some of the other competitors out there. And you're still going to put them on TV, make it a nice tournament. It's going to be awesome. We'll enjoy it. And who knows who's going to be a part of it?
2: Well, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see something of a merger of the two. Because I do of think
3: – FCS and F?
2: Well, no, no. In oh. terms of – I do think that um, there will still be a spot. Because I think there will be non-conference games that – because Alabama and some of these bigger schools, they'd like these cupcakes teams to play. And so I do think you'll have your 64 team schedule or your 64 teams, and I think that they will be able to you'll play a, you know, what do you think? You think they're going to 14 games? A 14 game schedule? Yeah, all right. So I think you'll have 12 of your sixty 12 of your 14 games will be against your 64 teams. Okay. I think you'll have two games, two, maybe three games where you can schedule whoever you want to schedule, including teams of that next level down below. Yeah. And in doing so, I think one of the concessions will be, again, there will be a spot available in that playoff for one team out of that group. Mm -hmm. So one team gets to bounce up to that level, play in that playoff. Everybody else plays in their own playoff. Yeah. And those teams will also get some of that money coming back down to them from the college football playoff. And the reason I say that is because there are going to be power five teams. If you add up all the power five teams right now, there's more than sixty four. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be teams that are going to get kicked out of this league. And there's going to be massive lawsuits. There's going to be a lot of issues coming from that. How do you how do you handle that? You give access Now, it's not great access, but you give some level of accessibility. You can tell Vanderbilt or Duke or Northwestern or whoever you're kicking out and saying, no, 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 look, you're still – look, you have the best of both worlds now. If you have a great season, you can still qualify for our college football playoff, and if you don't, you can still be in your own college football playoff at this level. So you get a play on both sides of it, and then you tell the courts, like, no, no. We have accessibility They have more than enough
3: opportunities there. If they decide to invest in their school in their sporting um, department, then they can yeah. get there. Yeah. But right now they're not doing it and we need teams and schools that are doing it. We yep. need a familiar investment across the board of the 64. Yeah, I could see it. So uh, one other, well, a couple of other details on this <clears throat> proposed 14 team college football playoff that, we may see adopted in 2026, it, it, it actually doesn't add weeks. What it does is it adds an extra game, and it takes two of the buys away. Because right now in a 12-team playoff, you're going to have four of the 12 that have a first-week buy. In the 14-team proposal, you're only going to have two buys. They add an extra game for that week, and then they play it out that way. So that's just a, a couple of details on, on how that goes. Just taking a couple of buys away in that first
2: Yeah, week. I just think it's funny how we went decades of all these old codgers being like, no, we can't have a playoff. The sanctity of the regular season. And now it's like, oh, hey, this is, we've made a lot of money on this. Well, well, let's go 12. Oh, okay, well,
3: that's how much money we're making on 12. Let's go 14. Well, I'm telling you what's creeping in now with these kids. Oh, so you want to make money. Okay, so do we. Okay, so we're all on the same page. We all want to make money, Right. Okay, kids, do you know what that means? Two extra games gets us an extra $4.6 billion. So, across the platform. So, what we're going to be doing is playing a 14-team or a 14-game schedule. Oh, but that's only where it starts. Now, if you're in the playoffs, you know, you could be three games in, and you're now looking at a potential 17-game season. Yeah, I played a 15 game.
2: No, yeah, I was going to bring that up. Your your freshman year, that can't the team that played in the Cotton Bowl played 15 games that year and it, everybody it was, was 15, right? And everybody was losing their mind. Wow, the 15 games? Yeah. for a college football team because uh you played that early game and then you played in the WAC championship game. Yep. And so you added like two or three extra games that year and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, that's no, obscene." Well, guess what? That's going to probably become the norm.
3: It was a long season and you know, when, when I made the jump to the NFL and started playing an NFL season, it was like, geez, that season looked easy compared to this. Yeah. But these schedules and seasons are going to start to extend for these kids that are making money. And when they say, oh, but, 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 it's like, did you, I'm sorry. <laughs> did Were we not on the same page?
2: Yeah. You enjoying that money? All right. Then shut your mouth. Go play your games.
3: Uh, you better heal your body. Yeah and get yourself ready
2: hands and scotty 97.5 the ksl sports zone hope you're all having a great day we are live here at rgs exteriors uh how you doing i'm doing great how are yeah. you guys doing
3: well we're enjoying the beautiful weather i bet you i bet rgs loves this beautiful weather
4: we do it gives it great for our crews to get out there and get stuff done a little bit faster and the days are getting longer so that makes the work day a little longer as well
3: what'd you, what'd you do to greg well
4: we uh he hurt his knee there somehow. I'm not quite sure how.
2: Well, I think he Tanya Harding him. That was what he did.
3: <laughs> well, you wanted the mic. Yeah, <laughs> that was one of the things. I didn't want the mic. He wanted the.
2: I wanted him to keep the mic, but I got uh,
4: I got asked to do this today. I'm Joseph, the sales manager. If you guys. Oh, we know you. Hopefully well, Joseph, you we away.
2: appreciate you hanging out with us, man. And let's uh, let's talk about. The thing that i think a lot of people are thinking are are probably thinking okay i'm out of the woods you know what i made it through winter my roof held up or my i I didn't have the ice dam issues with the rain gutters uh so i'm good i'm fine well guess what you may have dodged a bullet this year but next year maybe not so much and we may not even be through this year yet uh you got to get that stuff taken care of and you're playing with fire if you don't have the proper rain gutters and the uh and the heat tape and all that other stuff that goes along with it
4: that's correct. A lot of people do notice the, the damage during the year when they have issues or problems, but then it starts to, when spring comes, is they get outside, and now they start to see the damage that they've had. Yeah. So we get a lot of calls in spring uh, for getting rain gutters taken care of, and then also people realize, oh, shoot, there is more damage on my roof than the side of my house. I may need some heat, table, heat cable on the home as well. Um, people are thinking, I don't want to deal with the... Uh, leaves also
3: this fall so maybe this is the time to do it. I also want to remind people that RGS is pretty much comprehensive exterior. I had RGS do my parents house and it was the siding and the stone and the soffit and the fascia and the pillars and the gutters and then we had a, a gutter issue and RGS had to come out and figure out a way to put a lip on a flat surface and add a different gutter system and And it was awesome. Everything from the dry-in Tyvek to, you know, wrapping up that final thing with the gutter. RGS can do it all on the outside. We can. We do custom gutters. We do custom box gutters
4: all the time for people that need a little bit different solution than the uh, common 5K gutters.
3: I also want people to understand if you've got a problem, just have RGS come out and look at it. You know, and, and I had a major issue on my roof, and Greg probably remembers. I, I had a, a big metal portion of my roof above my roof and had big slide-offs that would fall into gutters and big pile-ups. And I thought it was going to be a big cost, and all it was was just adding a snow bar, so that you can't have the slide-downs. Like, you guys have really great ways of saving money and fixing problems. Well, that's the thing. When my
4: guys come out and do an evaluation of your home and they inspect the home, they're going to go through it. They're going to look at the side of the house. They're going to look to see if you've had snow slide off, if there's any damage from that, and give you the right solution and not just find a way to get some money and throw something
2: up there. Yeah. 801-280-3110. Get on the books right now. 801-280-3110. We'll talk to Joseph throughout the show. There's a lot of great things you can do to the outside of your home, and these guys are the best at it. 801-280-3110. It's RGS Exteriors right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. This
0: is, this is DJ and PK.
1: RSL head coach Pablo Mastroni. For you, as you have messages to deliver to the team, is it more effective to use profanity to the team in English or Spanish?
0: The Spanish guys say I use a lot of profanity. Spanish was my first language. We moved to the States when I was four. I grew up in a family of butchers, and we owned a butcher shop in Argentina, and it was all the guys working in the butcher shop. So I learned all the bad words, and I would always say it. (laughs) The guys would laugh, and all the women in the family would always be like, it's Lush. ridiculous. It's so funny because I rarely use profanity in English. And, and the only time I ever use it is to really make a point of right. emphasis. But in Spanish, apparently, I use it all the
1: time without oh, even it? knowing because oh. that's the way I was raised. <laughs> 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 I bleep and love it.
0: Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Chevrolet. Proudly serving Utah since 1926. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Show. You're locked on to Hans Olsen and Scotty Chin, Chir, That's right. Yeah. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
2: 297.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hans, you and I will be getting our spa on tomorrow. Yeah. Spa Bay, down in Orem, 295 East University Parkway. Make sure to stop in and say hi. We'll be broadcasting live there from noon to three. You know, what's funny, too, is I got my wife a uh, uh, a package for uh, Valentine's Day at Spa Bay, and she'll be in the one in Bountiful tomorrow. That's when her appointment got set. So. We'll be all over Spa Bay coming up
3: tomorrow. We were just talking about this uh, college football playoff change, potentially going to 14 teams. And Scotty, when you look at kind of the the current model of the Power Five, and and things are shifting and changing a little bit. Uh, when you include Notre Dame, you're somewhere around 70. Yeah. You know, you can work yourself into to 70 ish. Teams that would be positioning themselves for this new build up. Because Notre Dame obviously everybody's gonna be buying for Notre Dame. And I, I don't know if Notre Dame becomes a linchpin, if they become a moving point. But that's how I've always felt. I've always felt like Notre Dame is kinda of sitting on something. Yes. And is waiting like, oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that that's nice, Wanky. That's that's nice. Uh, Oh, that's that's really – because we were talking about, you know, guys with power. Notre Dame holds out power, and it drives me nuts. I kind of understand it, but it drives me nuts. It just – what has
2: Notre Dame done to deserve that? I mean, they do have a national brand. They have a national following, but they're not winning anything anytime soon. They'll go – they build their schedule so they can go undefeated, and then they get destroyed by 30 to Alabama in the first round of the college football playoff like they do, you know – once every three or four years,
3: they did it. I think twice in the ten years.
2: Was it twice or was it three times? I think two or three. I know at least two, maybe three, but it's like you know how it's gonna. You know how this story is gonna end. It was two, and it's gonna end badly for them.
3: Yeah, but it, it, don't you feel like Notre Dame is kind of like the the potential tumbling piece? Yes, where they're talking and they're like, "Oh, the Big Ten's in on this, the SEC's in on this." What do you think, Notre Dame? Well, look. If we can get this worked out, then, you know, we'll talk. If we're talking about this level of contract and this is working to our benefit and the way we want it to, then we'll get on board. Once Notre Dame says, hey, we're in with the SEC and Big Ten and their beautiful little partnership that they've got, we're part of this thing. Just know Big Ten and SEC, just know they're not saying we're part of this. They're saying we're ahead of this snake. We're, we're going to be kind of directing and leading this thing. So it's just what Notre Dame does. But I do feel, I, I feel like out of this 70-team pocket, and like you mentioned, there's teams you can boot. I could slim it down to 65 by just snapping my finger. Yeah.
2: Well, and don't think for a moment that people at BYU and Utah are thinking to themselves, well, we think we're okay, but we don't know if we're okay. Like, they don't. And I, I personally, do I think BYU and Utah should be part of the 64? Absolutely, yes. Do I think that they've deserved enough with their national brand, their past accomplishments, the funding that they have for those programs, all the other things that go along with it? Do I feel like they should have a place at the table? Yes. 1,000% yes. Does that mean that they will? I don't know. Well, and, said- and by the way, I've talked to people, I know you've talked to people at both universities, like, I think we'd be in, but i tell you what, we'd be nervous like crazy leading up to it.
3: I haven't talked to anybody at either university that is 100% positive, no. No. But everybody's like, yeah, I think think we feel good about it. That's what the conversation typically is when I'm talking to coaches or even administrators. And, you know, that's something, if, if we... Do grab Tom Homo here in the next couple of weeks or we get Mark Harland back on, we we'll probably need to ask him, like, how confident are you? If that thing does move into that model, how confident are you that you'd be selected in, in that scenario? There, there, There's a positive aspect to this with, uh, with that movement and development. So, we watched BYU be left out of the cool kids table with the Pac-12 and we have always been under the. I have always been under a certain amount of belief that it was some type of religious headbutting. Like they didn't like some of what BYU stands for or who they represent, or it always felt like the Pac 12 held that against them to a certain extent. I do think with this new college football advancement, it's not going to be about politics. It's no. going to be about money. No, it's not going to be about religion and research institutions. It's going to be about money.
2: No, there's no tier one, Carnegie research, one, blah, blah, blah. No, no. it's about who makes us the most money
3: and, and who's invested in college football. 100%. Who,
2: who yeah.
3: is going to come in here? Uh, open up the book. Show me what you're spending on your head coach and your assistant pool. Show me what your collective is spending on your team roster. Let's go back and take a look at what you've done to represent your university over the last 30 years. What have you done of any role or any importance? What numbers do you bring to TV sets?
2: And what yeah, exactly? And where, what market size are you from? And how do you perform in those markets? Okay, it's great that you are in that market. Do people in that market watch you? I mean, Rutgers, that was a big thing. Rutgers like, oh, we're in New York. We bring Okay, but is anybody in New York watching it? No. And I think that's going to work against them now.
3: But I do believe, you know, with the Pac-12, you're sitting down and you're like, well, yeah, but we bring 12 million eyes of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints, and the Pac-12 is like, yeah, the, those are the eyes we're not interested in. Like, we we don't want to get involved with whatever that is that you guys are working around. That's why every time BYU ends up playing Stanford, they pull off some prank to try to make fun or some type of mockery. It's just – it was always headbutting. I don't think that's the full extent of it, but it definitely felt like – there was a part. I, was I think that's
2: pretty open and honest. Yeah. I,
3: I don't think any of that's going to matter. Nope. Nope. I just think that the collective will look at it and say, I don't – I don't care. Hey, you know, hey, let's just take a look at Liberty – Is Liberty winning? How much money do they have? How many eyeballs can they bring? Now, I'm not saying Liberty would have any argument at all, but I do think they'd look at it and say, well, okay, well, what interest does it generate for us? How much better does it make us? What can we do with them to advance our positioning? So that's why when I look at BYU and Utah, I'm like, man, they're so well-positioned. They are so well-positioned. And I would keep my fingers crossed. I mean, you know me, I'm a big time Utah State fan. I'd keep my fingers crossed that Utah State could at least be in the conversation. You don't feel overly hopeful for it because they've always kind of been the you know, FBS group of five and, and strong in what they're doing, but you're like, Hey, hey, by the way, up there in Logan, whatever you can do, do it.
2: Yeah. You know what's funny is I've talked to a lot of Utah State I've talked to a lot of Utah State fans about this. Uh, just in my travels up there. This isn't coming. I want to make sure I clarify this. This is just your average fan up there, not administrators. I haven't talked to administrators about this, but I have talked to a lot of fans, and they're like, you know what? Let those guys separate, and let us just get back to the enjoyment of the sport because I don't think there's a certain group of fans out there that are just like, we just want to watch our team play, and I'm tired of getting hit up on – you know, I make my donations to the university. I'm tired of somebody's like, Well you gotta invite, you gotta go to the collective and you gotta do this and now you gotta do this and do this this. He goes, I I'm just done. Like there's a there's a certain amount of fans out there that realize that I've only got so many dollars to spend. I'm tired of everybody coming to hit me up. I just I watched a game, was it I wanna say it was Montana, South Dakota, mm-hmm. was it the semifinal of the FCS playoffs? It was one of the most entertaining games I've watched in a long time. And those fan bases were having a blast. Those players were out there playing. None of them were making collective money. Maybe Montana gets a little bit, but for, for the most part, those dudes were just out there playing. A sandwich. And those guys are like, they were laying it on the line. And it was just, I'm like, oh, man, that's what this used to be. And I think there's some fans out there but like, you know what? If my team gets relegated to the outside of this 64, but we can just get back to just enjoying football and talking about football and not worrying about Okay, you know, are we getting cars for our guys? Are we making sure their rents are paid for and all this other stuff? And realize, okay, with that, when you get a really good player, he's probably going to leave you, but you hope there's another guy that can come and replace him. But there's certain fans out there that are done, and they just want to get back to that. And I think it would surprise you by how many people there are that do have that same vision.
3: Well, I will tell you that if this model is built and players are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, The the lower tiers will improve in quality because those players are trying to get a look from the big money. It almost becomes when the NFL booted me out and I jumped into the AFL, I was fat and happy in the AFL, and I'd had enough. I'd had my fill of the NFL, but I'm not saying that if the NFL did, if they called and said, hey, come back, we're going to reinstate that $420,000, I'd be back tomorrow. And I was playing in the AFL like I wanted to represent in the NFL again. And I do think you're going to get that elevated level of play. And I think it's going to be good football. It just won't be the the highest point of college football that you can achieve.
2: And as we've talked about in this day and age of the transfer portal, there's going to be a lot of kids that would have had spots at Power 5 schools that are like, hey, you, you're not good enough. Get out. Because, well, I want to still play football. Like, okay, well, guess what? Uh, Colorado State's got a spot. Go there. And these kids that would have five, six, seven years ago been able to ride it out for five years at that Power Five institution, they're getting kicked to the curb. They're like, "You're gone." Yeah, it's you're happening gone a zone. lot, and so it's gonna you're gonna send a lot of quality players down to that next level.
3: It's happening more than I think most college football fans would believe.
2: Yeah. All right, Anz and Scotty, what you may have missed coming up next, right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This
0: is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson.
1: Ryan Smith sent out a tweet, Ben, with a snazzy-looking mock-up. And the tweet says, uh, Downtown Salt Lake City is the heart of Utah. Our efforts are not about an arena. It's about revitalizing a downtown that desperately needs investment. Imagine a downtown experience like this with the NBA slash NHL at its core.
4: It's exactly what everybody wants to see, is an arena in downtown Salt Lake City. Salt Lake still feels a little quaint. It hasn't quite developed into this, this major metropolis. That other downtown areas have, where even like Denver is far more bustling. And bustling is what people want.
1: I mean, the red rings look great. And I think an NHL or Major League Baseball team, for that matter, in this community would be incredible for everyone. Now, I don't know if I totally buy into Ryan Smith's downtown slander, but would it benefit from something like this? Absolutely.
0: Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah. We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Step inside, walk this way, you and me, babe. Hey, hey!
2: Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, he's a uh, state official that was not sports-related but was taking some heat on some stuff he's working on, and he goes, how do you deal with this Twitter stuff? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I, I see you guys get abused on Twitter. He goes, it doesn't happen to me very often. When it does, man, it rattles my cage pretty good. I'm like, just got to go to your happy place, man. Yeah. Just be like, turn off your mentions and realize how, Twitter's not real life.
3: You know what really helped me was – I got the baseline low blow tweet, and I was like, oh, that's as bad as it can get. Yeah. Everything else from here on up is just going to be okay. And, you know, you you mute out and try to not pay attention, but that baseline tweet, it really sets a standard. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> like,
2: when you get that first tweet that says, you know, that uh, does a side-by-side of your picture next to a picture from an Austin Powers movie, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Oh, ouch. That hurt. And it actually looks pretty realistic. Oh, it too. did not stop it.
3: It did not. Eh, <laughs> They're such a dork. They had a point. Hey, uh, really quick on what you may have missed, Scotty, before we jump into our jazz preview, give me a kind of a no name, nobody wide receiver that came through the Broncos organization at any point. Like, I, maybe a couple-year stop or maybe five-year stop and was just kind of a, a nobody bum that never really... Mark Jackson. Okay. Let's say Mark Jackson comes and goes. Who was the quarterback at the time? Uh, Elway. Okay. I thought you Mark were going to Vance
2: Johnson. No, Vance was good. I know. <laughs> I could go Ricky Nathil.
3: You know what? Let's go Ricky Nathil. One of the three amigos. Let's go Ricky Nathil. Let's say, okay, he he's shows up at the Broncos and... There's a point in the season the Broncos move on from him, and you see John Elway and a couple of other teammates accusing him of giving away game plans to the opposition. How how would you feel about that guy? And what would you want done to him? Ooh,
2: that's a. I mean, I mean, if there's, I would, I would lose my mind if about there was that. some evidence. There was evidence for some sure.
3: Proof. Because that's what McCole Hardman is being accused of right now with the New York Jets. And there's a couple of heavy hitters that are accusing him. Sauce Gardner was kind of the first one that came out and was like, um, he, he deleted it, but he said, we ain't going to talk about how our offensive game plan got leaked against the Eagles. And then I believe there was a special team teams guy that that started talking about it and there's been a couple of other teammates that have been talking about, but it's becoming pretty well known that McCall Hardman was sharing game plans with the opposition. And I kind of wonder, like, I think that the only reasonable mode of penalty is for him to never play in the league.
2: Oh, yeah, no doubt. And I think this is one where it'll actually – I don't think the league needs to step in. I just think there won't be a GM. Okay, let's say, you know, this GM walks into his coach's office like, hey, you know, Hardman's a a free agent. We can get him pretty cheap. And that coach is like, hell no. You're not bringing him into my program. You see what he did? Like, this will self-regulate. Yeah. Because there won't be a coach or a GM on the planet that's going to sign off bringing him in.
3: Apparently, Hardman was frustrated with his lack of usage and started leaking the game plans to the opposition. Um, it's looks like there's about seven or eight guys now that have implied that he was doing just that. Um, looks like they, it was leaked to the Chiefs, leaked to the Eagles. And if you find some credible forms or Incredible facts that you can really implicate this guy with, he's never done. Never addresses no, again.
2: No. No team will ever sign that guy. And
3: game. you're right. It, it, whether you say it or they self regulate it, he's done. You cannot mess with the integrity of the professional sports world.
2: That's a one thing. Uh, you know, not never playing like you did at the collegiate level and never playing certainly at the professional level that's the one thing that really jumped out at me when I started traveling with the team and being around a team doing the play-by-play is because these schools or at least Utah state and these coaches staff that I've worked with have been phenomenal in kind of allowing me behind the curtain and seeing game plan and prep and stuff like that. And what really stood out to me was the amount of work and effort and time and preparation that went into one individual game. Yeah. It just – I knew it was a lot. I assumed it was a lot, but then to actually see it and see the binders and binders of paperwork and effort and the hours behind the scenes. Oh, it's absurd. Make, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. It's absurd. And to see and to even have a player and, – and this is at the collegiate level. I can't imagine what it's like at the NFL level. Yeah. And so when you – so if you're a coach and you're putting in all this work and then you've got some Yahoo out there – That's just like, you know what? I'm not getting enough time. I'm going to make these guys pay. I'm sending over all my stuff to the Eagles and the Chiefs. You're like, holy smokes. Yeah, you don't come back from that.
3: Oh, man. we, We need to extend that conversation when we've got a minute. Yeah. Because I've got a lot to say about it.
2: Uh, jazz preview show coming up next. We'll talk NBA. We'll even talk some college basketball. Craig Buller-Jack will join us. Ben Anderson will join us. Tim LaCombe will join us. It's all coming up in the next two hours of the show. We're live here at RGS. Greg's with us as, uh, hey, Greg may be a bit hobbled, but you know what? RGS is doing its thing, man. Let's
1: oh, yeah. go. Yeah, we're full bore. I'd say we very rarely slow down in the winter. I mean, obviously the, the days are shorter, so we don't get as much done during the day, but um, we're right back to it. We're doing great as far as our production, our our install times. We've caught up. We hit a little bit of low with all the weather that came in. We're back on to it, dropped down our before we you know our our time frames before we can get out to a job site, so we're out there crushing it. So if we've got a listener that's driving around right now or sitting at his
3: computer and listening and they just walked outside. They saw that they've got a piece of siding that's bowed off or cracked away or stucco that's broke or cracked away or gutter that's bent or n- not distributing right. How quick can you get out there just to assess and give
1: them an idea of what the deal is? Um, we have we can get out there with – we're about a week on our wow. leads. Not, not quite that um, – we can get out there pretty quickly get one of our estimators out there come take a look at the job walk it see what actually needs to be done like joe was saying earlier give you an honest assessment we we're not going to come out there and sell you stuff you don't need we'll tell you what you actually do or don't need and what we can do to fix it or or what the homeowner needs to do for the next step forward we can get out there in about a week
2: Wow. Well, I tell you what, there's people out there that are going through some stuff, and they're seeing some things like, okay, winter did not treat me well. I need some help right now. And the best thing you can do is just call and see how quickly you can get things going, 801-280-3110, whether it's an emergency, whether it's a small project, or a complete just gut job to the outside of your home. You guys can make that happen.
1: You bet. It's all free, too. Just give us a call. Our S- Schedule a free appointment. Our estimators come out there. They can walk all through Walk it. Over your project with you from start to finish, tell you what you need to do for no charge. It's a free estimate. 801
2: 280 3110. I want to talk more about that coming up and, and the kind of the color designs and the work. And when you want to take a step back and, like, okay, I want to see what different colors will look like, things along those lines, let's talk about that because you guys can really get down and dirty with that before anything is ever done and people can really visualize what things are going to look like. But it all starts with that phone call 801 280 3110 right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone.